Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59 27-point furnished tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to ServicePatriots.com. Danny and Dusty. All right, my rock smashes your scissors. Oh, no, not these scissors, pal. This is a uh, special titanium steel alloy developed by NASA for the space program. These scissors that smash you rock this smithereens. No, 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 not this rack. This rack happens to be kryptonite. With the latest on the Blazers, Ducks, Beavers, and the hottest topics in sports. Hey, what's happening, Norm? Oh, it's a dog-eat-dog world, Sammy, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. No! The Fan. Hour number three, Danny and Dusty on this Tuesday afternoon. Hope everybody's having a great day. Um, like it's kind of weird to think about how close we are to Thanksgiving. You know, you big Thanksgiving guy. Love, th- yeah, big really? Thanksgiving guy. Huge hmm. Thanksgiving guy. Interesting. Love Thanksgiving. It's always been a big deal uh, in our home. We've got. Uh, growing up, Thanksgiving's always kind of been a, a big one for us. So I love Thanksgiving. It's great. It's fine. The hell? I like being around the family. Interestingly you enough. You don't like the food? Not a big food guy. I eat like turkey what? only. Only turkey? You don't like mashed potatoes and gravy? Yeah. Gravy sucks. I don't put gravy on anything. I'm not a big like. You know what? Pork. You suck. Don't don't say like that. Gravy. Don't say I don't like gravy. Su- gravy is gravy amazing. Sucks. What does wow. gravy do? What has gravy done for you ever in your life? Coats my arteries just fine. Those are not good things for Helps you. Helps everything go down. You can put gra- gravy is so versatile on the on no, the Thanksgiving not. plate. It ruins yeah, you everything. Put it on the turkey. You put it on the potatoes. You put it on your green beans. You put it. Uh, Yo, know, I put that ass on everything. Those are the no 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 it. no. Don't you dare take Frank's and use their catchphrase for gravy. Frank's yeah. is way better. More versatile. Than More no, versatile than. I put Frank's on everything, literally. I put Frank's on my cereal, sir. You put it in your eyes right now. Just put it on I my I can't fingers. believe you said that. You don't like gravy. No. Dessert's amazing. I, my mom makes a peanut butter. There we go. Um, now he's coming around. Pie. Fat boy's coming around. I eat the whole it's thing. coming out. I eat that whole thing by myself. Yeah, that's, that's the, what I'm talking about. But that's about. the only thing. It's that and turkey and those yeah. little Swedish rolls. Put a little butter on those. Put a turkey. You got your own turkey sandwich. And some Franks. Turkey Sammy. Give it some kicks. So good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can call that YouTube.com slash 1080 AM the fan. Look at this. Will's the psychopath. Got it. Yeah. Who said I agree that? Sigh. Sigh did. Someone told me that yeah. if they cut my leg, gravy would. Oh, never mind. That was rude. What's happening? No. Dave, is it a fat joke they put? It was rude. Mm. It was Dang. rude, and it was mean. All right. And they should apologize. I can't believe you said that. That really bothered me. That I, I need, don't like gravy. I need it. Yeah. I'm not taking it back. I refuse. Gravy's overrated. Like, what is it? It's not even I don't want to. I don't want to say this because your mom doesn't deserve it. Your mom doesn't deserve it. My mom but, doesn't deserve it? Okay. 
it, maybe your mom just child. doesn't make good gravy. No, no, I don't like, like any maybe gravy. Maybe that is it. Like, I've tried gravy everywhere. I don't like it. Unless it's on my biscuits, but that's a different kind of gravy. See, that's why I said your mom doesn't deserve this. It's just, it's a you problem. No, it's, yeah. I don't yeah. like syrup either. Like, there's no syrup getting put on anything either. And I'm Canadian, dude. You're obviously not Canadian. Yes, I am. Like Someone was. I'm like an eighth. <laughs> an eighth Canadian? Yeah, I was like my great-grandma. She was born in Saskatchewan. God, just hit the NFL films music because this this conversation is just that's it. I mean, it's that eighth is it's woefully un-American for you to not like gravy, but syrup. How can you not like syrup? It's like Canada's good. thing. No, you know syrup they have sucks. You know they have. Uh, Give me some peanut butter. I need that protein. You know. Oh my gosh, syrup just makes you fat, dude. You you're the one that used to weigh three hundred pounds. Yeah, and you know how I did that? I weighed 315. You know how I got three bills? Hmm. Protein, I'm a pancake. Well, it wasn't syrup. That's right. Syrup is gross. You just said syrup makes you fat. Protein does too sometimes. Um, I'm I'm just going right into it. Three up, three down. Three things we liked, disliked uh, from the weekend of the NFL. Uh, My first up, this dude has been that dude all season long. He will be the rookie of the year. It will not be close. C.J. Stroud is playing out of his gourd. Like, this guy is doing things that only elite quarterbacks do, and he's doing it as a rookie. I am thrilled for C.J. Stroud, but I think it is a good sign of health for the Houston Texans franchise as a whole. D'Amico Ryans has been doing a fantastic job, a first-time head coach. Um, And look, a guy that he's a defensive guy, and they never are really known for – you know, getting that rah-rah. He got his quarterback. He got his quarterback. We'll see where it goes in the future. Um, but Will Anderson is starting to come around, too. They're developing that talent. And they got some guys on that roster that are dudes. But C.J. Stroud, he's my first up. My first up is Kyler Murray's back. His first game Hey-o! since tearing his ACL. That was a nice little fun third down yeah, run he had. man. He went out. They won. They beat the Falcons 25-23. to Here's the real reason Screw it's my up. Falcons. I need the Cardinals to continue to win so that they have to keep Kyler Murray at their quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't want Caleb Williams or Drake May finding their way to Arizona. So the more that the Cardinals uh-huh. win, like two or three more, you know, just enough to be out of the best QB sweepstakes. Okay. That's good for my Seahawks. All right, my second one is the Minnesota Vikings, proving that it's not just Kirk Cousins. Five-game winning streak, the longest in the NFL, is by the Minnesota Vikings. And Josh Dobbs comes in, goes 23 of 34, 268 yards and a touchdown. You know, there's certain takes that you have that you sit there and you can't really quantify at the time, but you sit there and you go, you can put anybody in Minnesota and they will be successful with the weapons that they have. Josh Dobbs is literally that example. Dude comes in week one, doesn't know anybody's name, doesn't know the place, and wins a football game. Week two, he learns some of the guys' names, kind of knows the playbook a little bit, but the rocket scientist goes out and completes 23 of 34 passes for 268 in a tutty, averaging 7.9 yards per attempt. Yeah, guess what? The weapons are amazing in Minnesota, but Josh Dobbs is also doing it with his legs. Eight carries for 45 yards. He's making that team better, man. Uh, there will be a plateau. There will be a time where these defensive minds in the NFL get enough film on him and there is a regression. But don't let that that future you get in the way of current you. Current you should right now appreciate what Josh Dobbs is doing because it's awesome. 
My next up is I've got Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. Yeah. They go out and win a game against the L.A. Chargers 41-38. to All that they're doing right now after that Baltimore Ravens loss is they've continued to win, and they've continued to win convincingly. They are doing a fantastic job of putting themselves in a position where they're not only going to be in the playoffs, but they're going to win the NFC North, and they're going to have a home game. Yes, Josh Dobbs and those Minnesota Vikings, they are surging, but I think Detroit has enough to get it done, and they won a game that really their defense let them down in, and they still got it done. I love Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. I got Dan Campbell on mine as well, and he is my third down. I want you to bring this down just a little. Bring bring these NFL Films down music down just a little bit. I never say this about NFL Films music. I want hot. more of it. Just a little bit down. Bring it down a little bit. Bring it down a little bit because I want you to hear what Dan Campbell had to say. This is the living legend Dan Campbell on our sister station in Detroit. And the most relatable thing for any football fan out there. Over the years, because of your philosophy, I think fans and some media are more accepting of, you know, some of the quote-unquote gambles. The fourth and two uh, at the end of the game, obviously – we know the reason why, and it, it certainly makes sense. How much of that, though, was also dictated because, you know, the defense, whether it's their fault or the Chargers being great, had five straight drives where you couldn't stop them? Yeah, look, that, things always happen in a game that's going to affect your decisions. Um, it just does. Uh, but I, I had a feeling going into that game we needed to be aggressive. And, uh, and I loved our matchup offensively, and I just knew our guys would respond. And um, and so it, it's certainly in that moment it felt like the right thing to do. Um, and look, here this, here's what I would say for because I tell my family this: just wear a diaper before some of these games, and <laughs> I'll give them an alert. Say, <laughs> put them on and be ready to roll. Yes, that's uh, with our sister station in Detroit, Stony and Jensen with Heather. I love this. You know what? I can get behind a coach whose mantra is wear a diaper. Yeah, put it on because it may you may S your pants in the event you're watching a Lions football game. I love the Detroit Lions. I love everything about what the Lions are doing right now. Put it on. Sorry. They are my final up because up. they are not just leading the division. They got a two-game lead in that division over the Minnesota Vikings. They good for them. They get the final up. My final up. Tyson Bagent. Why? Because everyone was attacking the D2 quarterback for his last five games having to play Colorado Mines. Oh, weird. The D2 guy is is going, he's standing for the D2 QB. Colorado Mines is the number one team in the country right now, and they're in my region. They're in the Central Washington region. It's a good team. They're fantastic. How dare anyone try and attack Tyson Bagent? For doing anything other than going in yeah. and winning football games. He yeah. has two wins this year for the Bears. Yeah. That's more than Justin Fields. D2 all the way. Go Shepard. All right. Um, go Shepard. Go Cats. By the way, Colorado School of Mines has a great logo. It's a donkey with a stick of dynamite in his mouth. Yeah, I think it's they're... It's a cool logo. I think cool they're logo. the asses? No, they're not. They're definitely not. They're the miners, dude. Why would they, they have a donkey not. then? The South Dakota School of Mines has a great mascot. You know what theirs is? They're the Hard Rockers. I did. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a right. good one. The Hard Rockers. All right. Uh, my first down goes to the AFC least. Uh, the AFC East is absolutely garbage right now. Every single team in that division is on a losing streak. They are the only division in football that can say that. You got a one game 
uh, losing streak or losing skid for the Dolphins, two for the Jets and Bills, and three for the New England Patriots. Bigger fraud than Lance Armstrong. Um, the AFC East is not living up to the hype, and it was hard to live up to the hype because we thought it was going to be, you know, a heavyweight fight to the end for the AFC East, and it's anything but. Yeah, my uh, first down here is for the Bengals. You could not lose this game to the Texans. Are the Texans good? Mm. Are they frisky? Yeah. Yes, but now you were in the seventh seed. You already started off your year so poorly. You mm. lost, what, your first three games in a row? You won in three at one point, one in four. You cannot drop this game here to the Texans. You had to win. And to go out and absolutely lay an egg in the first half where you did nothing. I know T. Higgins is out, but you need to do better. You need to win better. This is a down for the Bungles. Yep. I got a down, and it's the Bengals, too, because the Bengals have the toughest strength of schedule remaining in the entire NFL as well. They, they're good. Yeah, I know. They got eight games left. Two against the Stellars. It's the Steelers. One against the Vikings, one against the Browns. They got the Jags, Chiefs, and Ravens all remaining. They have no easy games left on their schedule. Uh, I got the Bengals losing that game. That stings even more. You can't take an L to the Houston Texans. My second down is I've got the Baltimore Ravens losing to the Browns. One, you can't lose uh, a game in this AFC North. Every single team is right up there with each other. It's all super tight. Baltimore, you were up 17-0 at one point. You were kicking their butt. Cleveland had no business getting back into this game, and you let them fight back and fight back and fight back. And, of course, you lost to Deshaun Watson. You can't lose to Deshaun Watson. He's a horrible human being. Yeah, I agree. Can't let him come back like this. Baltimore, you got my second down. They are who we thought they were. Let them off the hook. All right, uh, my third down. Mac has a noodle arm. The Patriots and Mac Jones. Mac Jones getting benched in Germany. Awful interception at the end. I don't blame them for benching him, but that was the message that they're sending. When you bench your quarterback in the fourth quarter of a game like that, you still have to win. That You're sending a message to him. Mac Jones doesn't trust his offensive line. That is apparent. Yep. It's not just Mac Jones' fault that that he is not succeeding because you know how limited he is, and you're asking him to do things that he cannot do. And for that, I don't give you know too much of the, the hate Mac Jones' way. This goes to one of the greatest coaches in football history, Bill Belichick, and his staff. They have got to figure this thing out because they're not surrounding Mac Jones with the, what he needs to be successful. And they're not, from a play-calling standpoint, Bill O'Brien is calling like he has Tom Brady back there. No, he doesn't. He has Mac Jones. And you can't play football the same way. That's it. Yeah, it's not working. My last down is I've got the New York football Giants. Got absolutely bludgeoned, bludgeoned by the Cowboys. They had, uh, what is it, Tony DeVito or whatever his name is? Uh, Tommy. Tommy, thank you. Tommy DeVito looks atrocious. His parents are the funniest family that I've ever seen. The fact that they were all out there at the game Danny? celebrating Tommy DeVito. Danny, is Danny DeVito in his family? No, it's not. Oh, wow. Unless it's like a long lost cousin or something along those lines. But look, the Giants are done. It's very clear they all hate each other. They don't want to be there. They had such promise after last year. I mean, shoot, you even won a playoff game on the road. Everyone thought, hey, maybe you'll play the Eagles tough. You kind of did there as well. You've 
just regressed the entire way back. They are my last down. I hope no one is a Giants fan. All right, one thing before we go as as an exit to three up, three down. The NFL record for most games in one week decided by one score, according to ESPN Stats and Info and Elias Sports Bureau, was three. Yesterday, with the game-winning field goal by the Denver Broncos, that made it six. They doubled it up. Wow. They doubled it up. So, for a final up. Nice job, you kicker! Way to go, kickers. You done did well. Well, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily blame the kicker in, uh, in the Broncos one. It's not like he won him the game. He tried to lose it. Yeah, but guess what he did? Made the second try. Made the second one. He knew they had 12 guys on the field. He Missed just wanted to purpose. mess with them, I guess. Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, gotcha. Is there a reason for concern next on The Fan? Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080 The Fan. If you go right meow to at Danny and Dusty on Twitter, you can go down. You can see we got two polls up right now. Which coach will stay at their current school the longest? Dan Lanning, Jonathan Smith, Kalen DeBoer, or Jake Dickert? Go ahead and you can vote on that one. Which coach leaves his current job the soonest? Dan Lanning, Jonathan Smith, Kalen DeBoer, or Jake Dickert? Currently, the coach that will stay the longest leading the pack uh, probably skewed um, for a station that is your home of the Ducks, which you can hear Oregon and Arizona State play on Wednesday. Never uh, admit your Saturday, bias. Never. Uh, Dan Lanning at 57% of the vote because I think you get the full-throated, um, I am going to stay at Oregon. I have a lot to accomplish at Oregon, and I am not going to even dance around the idea that I'm interested in Texas A&M. We played that audio earlier in the show, and we talked about that. He is leading the way. Jonathan Smith at 32.3% of the vote. Kalen DeBoer is really low. I think Um, Washington's coach 6.6% and then Jake Dickert at the bottom 3.7%. I think that may be performance-based six straight losses. Yeah. I was going to say the the favorite I would think for me on who would be uh, out first isn't necessarily their choice. Okay. Um, Well, we'll get, we'll get to that, that poll in a minute though on who's leaving first, but who's going to stay the longest I think it's interesting Smith being at number two um, because he is an Oregon State guy. He understands that program. He loves that Oregon State program. And I think why it's interesting Kalen DeBoer is so low at 6.6%. But with Jonathan Smith, uh, I think that there is going to be that concern, not this year, not next year, not, I think, you know, three or four years down the road. But eventually, does he want to play with the big boys again? Because you have to see kind of where you land. And if, you know, Oregon State and Washington State do end up in the Mountain West, and this is not to say that, like, they won't have a great program in the Mountain West because they will. Um, And they will have a seat at the table for the college football playoff if the Mountain West, if you win the Mountain West and you're the highest-ranked group of five team. Like, that's the truth. And their starting point, their launching point is so far ahead of everybody else because – Look at the AP poll. They're the 10th-ranked team in the country, for God's sakes. He's doing an amazing job there, right? But will somebody come along that has an unlimited amount of money and the allure of, all right, does he ever want to go to the Big Ten SEC? I don't know. I could see Jonathan Smith staying at Oregon State forever, though. I think they're just really good here in the state of Oregon. You got guys who want to put their roots down here. 
and that is a real thing. And it for the health of your program, you can't ask for much more. Um, with Kalen DeBoer being at 6.6%, I think this piece of audio may have a whole heck of a lot to do with it because we played Dan Lanning and how confident he was in his staying at Oregon. Here's Kalen DeBoer when asked about the flirtations of other programs. Yeah, my, my focus is 100% on us playing playing ball right now. Um, I heard the same question asked to, to Ryan Grubb, you know, just now about opportunities. And I think that's what um, what I really appreciate about our staff. And it starts with me um, just being completely focused. And when, when it comes to a contract piece, things like that, I, I, I'll just make sure it's known that, you know, uh, Troy has done a great job of trying to, and doing it, you know, approaching me and and working together to try to make sure that continuity exists here at UW, and that doesn't just happen overnight. But um, you know, those efforts are certainly being made, and I'm appreciative of that. Boy, that feels a lot different than the, how you heard Dan Lanning address the same topic. And look, that's not to say that Kalen DeBoer has any plans to go anywhere. But you mentioned he, you hear him mention Troy. Troy Dannon is the new AD at UW. He was hired the just a couple of days before uh, Oregon played University of Washington up in Seattle. Comes from Tulane. Um, and Jen Cohen, who was a, uh, the, the gal that hired uh, DeBoer, she's now at USC, right? Hmm. And so the person that brought you in isn't the same person that is your boss now. And he's talking about, like, hey, he's trying to build that continuity. He's appreciative of it. And that that should not be glossed over and just kind of dismissed, that DeBoer is saying, like, hey, it's not built overnight, and I had that trust and I had that relationship with, with Jen Cohen, and she did a phenomenal job. That's the reason why USC hired her, for goodness sakes. But that is not, like, the 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 rallying cry, yeah, that Oregon fan was feeling after the Dan Lanning addressed a very similar question to him. Right. Well, I think you see the duality of coaches. You see a coach that doesn't yeah. want to leave and likes the situation that they're in. And right now there isn't a job opening or even talk of a job possibly being open later on that would interest one coach. And you see another coach that's going, well, hey, the grass might be greener somewhere else. So I'm not going to say unequivocally mm-hmm. no, just in case this other thing opens up but I'm going to kind of dance around it so that way my fan base can pick something out and go, oh, yeah, see, he's not leaving because he said this. And UW would love to extend Kalen DeBoer. They're going to try And look, last year before the Apple Cup, they even did, right? Because he was on, like, that prove-it contract. You come up for Fresno State, how are you going to do? They obviously loved what he did last year, and they love what he's doing this year. Now that they got the security of the Big Ten and the Big Ten money, like, this is what it comes down to, is if you want to show Kalen DeBoer that you are behind him, you've got to pay him. And, like, this is why A&M, A&M's got a lot of security behind them. They're paying, you know, $75 million for a guy to go away. They're going to pay for their next head coach, too. Like, they're not afraid to throw that money around and make sure that they got a guy in. We talked about this with the Arizona thing. Arizona has a budgetary shortfall. UW ran at $8 million shortfall in their budget last year. Okay? 
Like it's uh, they they they're gonna have to pony up that money, not just to keep Kalen DeBoer, but to keep the staff too, and show that security not just to him. Because DeBoer, I I like what he is building at UW. I like the way that he has come up through the coaching ranks, um, in the the kind of the coach that he is. He's by all accounts a good dude too, and he wants to take care of his assistants. And that's like with all these head coaches, that's the that's the dirty little secret: take care of your assistant coaches so they don't have to leave. Because your head coach, you're only as good as the guys that you surround yourself with. And that's in recruiting. That's in talent development. That's in relationship building with the players on your roster, too. A head coach, he has, he doesn't have the relationship with players that you think he does. The head coach, it's your position coach, man. Your head coach is in charge of a lot of BS in a program. And when you have a head coach that can connect with those players without having the day-to-day relationship, so that's when you know you got a special one. And I think you see that with all four of the coaches in the Northwest. Now, Jake Dickert is in the midst of a six-game losing skid, and some ain't right there, whether that's him sniffing around other programs or other programs sniffing around him or, you know. Sniffing around his players, going to take his best players. There is something going on there. But... And it's not good, and I feel for Coog fans because he came out with the bang, man, and he beat Wisconsin twice. You know? Yeah, and he beat Oregon State, a team yeah. that's going yeah. that will be top ten at and, some point. And the this wheels year. fell off, but um, I know there are there is a section of UW fans that are panicking around the DeBoer audio, and you just contrast it with what Dan Lanning said and how Dan Lanning said it yesterday. Dan Lanning has that security though; he's got that money commiserate with what he is producing on the field. His staff is is doing really well and uh, financially and being compensated appropriately. And, look, DeBoer just wants that for him and his guys too, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be panicked. I think you've got a good one um, uh, up in Seattle. And $8 million, $7 million, whatever the going rate for coaches is going to be moving forward. I think UW's going to find it in the couch cushions to make sure they keep their guy. They should. Yep. All right, college football playoff uh, rankings. How much movement will we see? Danny and Dusty on the fan. All right, uh, tonight we get the college football playoff rankings. Elvis Costello plays this. Um, we get the college football playoff rankings. Uh, they will be released tonight, 6 o'clock. It's not going to be at 4 o'clock like they usually are. Tonight is the late one. I think it's because college basketball. Is that, what, is that what's going on? Yeah, there's a college basketball doubleheader, so it's in between the college basketball. Okay, okay. I think that's what Swag said. All right. Um, well, hey, we got a lot of stuff that we can look forward to, though, in, in kind of looking at how this all plays out, because if you look at it, there's a very real possibility that we have the Oregon State Beavers in the top 10 of the I, college football playoff I think rankings. they will be. I think they're they basically should be. guaranteed. Uh, ahead of them, Ole Miss lost convincingly to Georgia, 52-17. to uh, Penn State showed their offensive ineptitude um, in a 24-15 loss to Michigan. Um but the Beavs handle their business in emphatic fashion, 62-17. to 
things are looking good. They want to pump up a top 10 matchup uh, to bolster Washington's resume uh, or Oregon's resume. And this is like for the Pac-12, this could not play out any better for you in your college football playoff um, scenarios. Yeah. Because right now you have the number five team in the country in Washington, which they they got into a fist fight with uh, Utah. But they took care of business. They won it. They won it. It doesn't got to be pretty, but they won a physical game against a ranked opponent in the eyes of the playoff committee. And so they should not move from five, if not move up to four, mm-hmm. because you look at the way Florida State, they had to grind their way to a win over Miami. And it was not a pretty win. And if the if Emory Williams doesn't get hurt, he they could have won that game. He converted a fourth down. They were marching down the field. They had to put their back up in, and Tyler Van Dyke, uh, they got everything they could handle at home against Miami. Right. So, I mean, I could see UW moving up to four, and a win over Oregon State at top ten could bolster them. And then you have, uh, if Oregon State is the 10th-ranked team in the country and then they beat UW, then you have a matchup with Oregon coming up the next week. Like, it's perfect scenario for the Pac-12. And it's perfect if you're Oregon State because you can play party record to two of the schools that are going to the Big Ten and UW and Oregon. Not only party record, I would still say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but if Oregon State wins both of those games, they're in the Pac-12 championship. If they, yeah. if they And do. then they, w- they could win the Pac-12 championship still. Now yeah. they're probably, look, they have two losses. They're not going to make a playoff. But that's about as perfect of a season as you can get at the very end. Yeah. You have your final two weeks where you get to knock off the two teams that left you for dead, that literally broke up your conference, the last yeah. two teams. You can go out and beat them. But then if you're if you're Oregon, and, I mean, best case scenario for Oregon is probably Oregon State beating you, Dub. Yeah. Because then if you beat Oregon State, then you go and avenge your loss to UW in the Pac-12 championship game. You've now beat two top 10 teams because they would yep. both be in the top 10 at that point. Yep. Be huge. So it's good. I mean, I, I don't see Oregon uh, really budging from number six, but again, this could be do style points matter. Uh, if it's game control and what the committee has said that they do value game control in USC, the final score was not indicative of how Oregon was in control of that, that ball game. Um, so, but it was an unranked opponent at home. I don't with this committee. I don't know because they use so many different metrics to justify where they have their teams. But I could still see Oregon sitting at six because uh, Texas scraped by in their win. You had Alabama was very emphatic when they just smashed Kentucky this weekend. Like hey, they did do Kentucky what they needed to take care of. Man, they beat the tar out of Kentucky. Yes, they did. All of a sudden, Jalen Milrow, too, he went from a guy who he couldn't get it done at all unless it was a deep pass or he was running to now he looks like he's a top-tier player, right? He looks like a good quarterback. Not a Heisman winner, but a really good quarterback. We do not allow, because we have our take quakes that social media and all the talking heads want to just sit on these takes and make sure they don't change, we do not allow for the growth of of players like we well, like we used to because if you would look at it objectively at Milrow, he has grown so much immensely in just one year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is he is he is turning, and that is a sign of again Nick Saban shocking. He and his staff 
are doing a phenomenal job of playing to the strengths of their guys and feeling out their roster, and they're improving as the season goes on. They're really damn good. But Alabama is continuing to be really stinking good. But um, I I think that the big one to watch in this week, everybody one through eight again did exactly what they needed to do. We didn't have any movement a week ago, one through eight. I don't really see the reason to move unless you're going to move Michigan up um, and say that what they did was enough. I think you can move Georgia up two to number one because of the way they handled Ole Miss. But you're not seeing any of the teams like drop out past eight um, because none of all of them took care of their business. They all won. They all handled it the right the right way. Right. Running up the score for a lot of them. Um, And it'll be interesting to see if like they take Ohio State just mauling Michigan State and say, oh, wasn't as impressive as what (laughs) Georgia and Michigan did. And that's the reason why you move them. I, I, I this committee. They're going to. They they made their bed with the way that they use different metrics, eye test, game control, strength of schedule, strength of opponent, to kind of sort this thing out initially. They've got a lot more questions moving forward, but the way that they have it is the Big Ten comes down to Michigan-Ohio State game, whichever mm-hmm. one wins that one. They're going to be in the catbird seat. They're going to make it, right, because they're going to play the winner of the Big Ten West in the championship game. The SEC champion will get in right yep but florida state washington and oregon they could give this committee a whole heck of a lot of headaches if there's any upsets of uh you know ohio state georgia michigan which i don't see happening or florida state florida state may happen to be honest though like i think it's a good thing that we're moving to 12 next year but this is the perfect way to end this season because if alabama upsets georgia well alabama's in but there's a legit conversation to still put Georgia in. If Ohio State loses to Michigan, but they lose by a last-second field goal where it's a back-and-forth game, Ohio State's got a really darn good resume. Mm-hmm. UW, Oregon, you know, you have a bunch of teams. Texas, they have one loss. Yeah. There are a bunch of teams where it's going to be nitty-gritty, and there is a doomsday scenario where every team basically ends up with one loss. Yeah. And I don't envy the committee trying to get everyone in because one or two teams are going to get left out that really deserve and most seasons would be in the playoff. Um, this text says Arizona holds a tiebreaker over the Beavs because they're both two lost teams and they hold the head-to-head. they got to be in Utah. That one. They've got to beat Utah. Yeah. Uh, and look, but yeah, they're right. That would be brutal if, be- that, if that's what happened and that's what held the Beavs out was was that game and the way that it unfolded. And, the you know, fake the field goal field, for no field reason. Goal, your kicker. Um, but I, I'm here for it. P1 Rufio on the YouTube comments as Alabama is going to jump Oregon and the Twitter will explode. It will, but it's not justified because look, if Alabama does jump Oregon, I could see it. I could see it happening. I'm not with any of these one loss teams. You just throw your hands up and say, well, you have one loss. You could have handled it. If Oregon avenges their loss to uh, Washington in the PAC 12 championship game though, they could find their way right back into it. You know, I and I know that Twitter would have a field day with that, but there's nothing you can do at this point. You got to either be perfect. If you have one loss, you're at the behest of the committee, and at, the committee could do whatever they want with it. Five zero three eight six four six three two six Vancouver Ford Text Line. Uh, we get you set for what's coming up the rest of the day on the fan. This is Danny and Dusty. 
All right, we're putting a bow on this one, this Tuesday edition, with a little Stone Cold Steve Austin. I love Stone Cold, man. You hear the glass break, you know you're in for a good time. Dude, I always used to drink beer like him in college. That's the least surprising thing after what we've heard today. Hey, dude, every 316 on Stone Cold Day, mm. bam, gets a um, good laugh. We have a couple of polls up at Danny and Dusty. If you missed any of the show, we talked at the beginning and uh, in this third hour about uh, coaching stability. And uh, we had a couple of polls up. Which coach do you think will stay at their current school the longest? Uh, Dan Lanning currently winning at 56.8%. Jonathan Smith, 33.1%. Kalen DeBoer, Washington, 6.5%. And then Jake Dickert, 3.6%. Uh, but the coach that leaves his job the soonest is a little bit closer. 46.6% saying Washington State's Jake Dickert. Kalen DeBoer, 23%. Jonathan Smith, 205 And then uh, Dan Lanning at 96 Jonathan Smith, that's a little curious there. That they don't think he's going to leave? That uh, No, that I think that that number's very high. I thought he would be dead last in that. In leaving? Yeah. No, yeah. because of Oregon State not being the top. They're not going to be in a Power yeah. 5 conference anymore. Yeah, but I think that it's not going to happen in the next couple of years. He's gonna. He has a commitment to that school, man, and he has something really good going there. He's he got really, some really good going there. Um, but uh, you can go ahead and vote on that. I understand Dickert at uh, leading the way. Six game losing streak will do that to your fan base, right? Well, and he's and already the flirtations made it, made it clear that he wants to be in other places. Other places, a lot of those places he wants to be, they have mm-hmm. job openings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. his team kind of sucks right now. Gosh, yeah. If you want to be harsh about it, yeah. I love uh, the Cougs. I love the Cougs. Hey, look, I love the Cougs too, but yeah. right now what he's doing to their football team. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, if you missed any of the show, check it out. Service Patriots podcast uh, at 1080thefan.com or right there in the Odyssey app. Service Patriots, your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. Um, I wanted to hit on something. Uh, small college football is near and dear to my heart um, because not only did I play at a small college because I wasn't good enough to play at a big college. Hashtag same. Ha- hashtag same. But I grew up in some small college football. Uh, my dad was a coach at uh, Portland State when they were D2 Pacific yeah, out in Forest Grove and then Lewis and Clark College for a lot of years. And I grew up in those locker rooms. So, like, NAIA, D3, D2 football is near and dear to my heart. Um, and so I like to give congrats where it is due to those programs uh, because we had the the playoff brackets announced for the small colleges. That's right. I did watch the selection show, my Central Washington Wildcats. Go Cats. They're taking on uh, Western Colorado this weekend over in Western Colorado. Yeah, where is that? Do you know where that is? It's on a mountain. Okay. It's on a mountain yeah. in the Rockies, and no. Austin Eckler went there, and they're the Pioneers. Oh, that's we what wanted, you know about We them. wanted to play them my last year, but the NCAA was like, it's cheaper for us to send you, because you fly charter. Yeah. It was cheaper for them to send us to uh, play Northwest Missouri State than and send some Kansas team to go oh, play damn. Colorado. Well, Central, yeah. Central Washington is in it. Um, but we've talked about Go Cats. The, the guys that are around uh, here from locally. Torgy, their defensive coordinator from Oregon City. They have a Good safety. Dude. They have a safety from Aloha named Tanner Volk. Yeah. That kid is going to be an All-American. He's got 10 interceptions this hey, season. Hey, how about that? Stuck. And that's the other thing that's cool about it, too, is you get uh, a lot of these local guys that, that we know that play around here and about that. But Whitworth made it uh, in the D3 bracket. And uh, I will. I hate Linfield. Uh, I have been very clear about that. I've never beat Linfield in my life. They got hosed. 
They, they should have been. They lost in. one game, man. They lost one game. 28 24 to, to Whitworth, and they didn't get in. So, um, it's unfortunate. I will never say this, but roll cats uh, for that reason and that reason only. Cat dumb. They've they got a great program. They have a great Hawkinson corner out there. Shout out Kenyon Johnson. Look at that. I never would have assumed that. But uh, all right. College football playoff rankings come out tonight, 6 o'clock. Make sure you got your eyes on that. Up next, you got four hours of power from their mouths to your ears. It's prime time with Isaac and Souk. Souk is back. He's in the building, baby. Uh, Ortner, thank yeah. you uh, for coming and sitting in today. Thanks for having me, man. We had uh, two out, migraines and hammies, keeping people out today. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow from noon to 3, hopefully a full show. Have a great Tuesday. See you Wednesday from noon to 3 right here on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.